Hello and welcome to Connected, episode 287. It's made possible this week by our sponsors, Pingdom, Smile, Hover, and Mac Weldon. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I am joined by Mr. Mike Curley. Ahoy! Oh, that is brisk. Mm-hmm. Like the salty sea air of which I'm from. I'm a sailor now. Are you? I've I've been to your house. It's not really near the ocean, but... Well, I am not allowed to leave my house, so mm. I'm liking to believe that my home is a boat now, and it's sailing out to sea, uh, and that's that's me. Or you're just spending a lot of time in the bathtub. <laughs> Rub-a-dub-dub, my friend. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> hmm. I don't know, man. Uh, leave me uh, alone. <laughs> I'm losing it. Also joined by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Are, are you in the tub? No, uh, not at the moment. Sylvia, Sylvia is right now, but I'm not. That was a piece of information not necessary to share, but thanks anyway. I just felt like you should know. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a bath person, Federico? I really am not. I I, I am unable to relax. Uh, yeah, I can't tub. really do it anymore after I uh, my back injury. Yeah. Mm. Bathtubs are pretty bad for me now. But I was never a big bath person anyway. I've always been a shower guy. Yeah, me like too. a nice hot shower. Well, they're different. Yes. Okay, they're different things. A shower is for cleansing your body from the. the no, no, I disagree. I disagree. I I, I love thinking while I'm doing yep. a shower. Like well, I just sure. stand there for like well, no, ten minutes. I listen to podcasts in the shower because I have uh, a waterproof phone, uh, and I have a little nice. shelf in my shower, like at home. Mm-hmm. And the phone goes on it. It like there's like a wired shelf, like backing to the shelf. So my pop socket just hooks back onto it. Great, and I listen to my podcasts and relax in the nice hot shower. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So I agree with all that, but but my point was a bath. In my view, and I am a bath person. A bath is not to clean yourself. You're sitting in your own filth. It is to get it as hot as you can stand it and to relax. And I find it very nice. I really like a mm-hmm. bath. I mm-hmm. do believe that you can clean yourself in a bath. I, I'm, I don't prescribe to the sitting in your own filth mentality. It depends on how dirty you are. You'd be surprised yeah. how many times I text you guys in the evenings from the bathtub. No, I wouldn't be surprised because I know what you do. Like, Because sometimes <laughs> you'll just tell us. And the fact that you tell us means it must happen a lot. Because I don't think I've ever told you that I'm in the bath because I don't take baths. I do it like right? uh, like mm. a, I would like to do it like once a week. It's, it's, sometimes it's just a couple of times a month. But I find it very nice. The thing about the sitting in your own filth thing is, like, mm-hmm. if you are that dirt, you shouldn't be taking a bath. Like, sure. that's on you, right? Okay. I go with that. Yeah, like, if I go mountain biking and I'm covered in, in dirt, I'm going to take a shower, right? I'm not going to yeah. sit in the tub with, like, debris floating around me. Because then you need two baths, at least. Yeah. Well, everybody, welcome to Connected, a show about technology. About bathing. About bathing. We have some follow-up. Uh, good news. People like the MacBook Air. Mike, you and Jason talked about this on Upgrade this week. Jason had a review on Six Colors. We also have in the show notes a link to Gruber's review and one by MKBHD and one by our friend Austin Evans. Our co-worker, Austin Evans. Co-worker, yep. Co-worker. It seems, it seems awesome. People seem to really like it. I, we had gotten uh, some tweets about the base CPU being an i3. And I looked at Geekbench just a couple of minutes ago, and there's not a lot of 2020 MacBook Airs on there yet. But from what I read and my understanding with the process change, because these are now using the the smaller die, that the i3 
should be as fast or faster than the the old i5. So don't let the label confuse you. It's it's kind of because the way the way these new uh, this new generation of chips goes together, the, like the i3, i5, i7, that branding is a little confusing between the generations. I hate that. Two generations of MacBook Air ago had i3s in. Like it's like it's 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 too confusing. I don't like that. Like they they kind of settled on that branding. Well, eventually it'll be ARM Max, and it'll just be you know the this was powered by the M1, and the next year is the M2X, and next year the M3Z. M- so it will get better. M3Z Plus Pro Max. I'm pretty confident that this will be the machine that I buy to replace my MacBook Pro. I feel pretty confident now. Do you? Yeah. I thought you were going to wait for the for the mythical 14-inch MacBook Pro. I don't think I need it. Like I I I, I don't either. Not, I've not completely decided, um but I'm I'm pretty confident that this will be the mixture of power and portability that I've been looking for. I think you should do it. We talked about this last week. I talked I had a Yeah. Instagram live thing with Casey the other day trying to mm-hmm. tell him not to buy a MacBook Air that he should wait for the MacBook Pro because he's doing Swift UI development you are not so I don't think you need to you think it's not yeah. you, you think it's not yeah is. I might be one yeah. two three uh, Swift calendar yeah Swift calendar I I'm not I, I'm not pulling the trigger anytime soon because I need it for my studio which I legally am not allowed to go to yeah so I'm going to leave it a little bit longer, but I think that I will probably have will probably want to do this or be in a position to do this before Apple releases the next MacBook Pro because I actually think we're quite a way away from that now, like probably past June. I don't know. I felt like if it was going to happen, it would be with those machines or maybe today, like a week later. But I think you're right. I think now the window's closed. Yeah, and I don't know if it's going to be June or if they will wait until maybe the re- next revision of the MacBook, the larger MacBook Pro, which could be towards the fall. I just haven't decided in my mind when I think it's going to be now because yeah. it's like that. It was well, this was the time, and it's not now. So who knows when? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think Air would be a good choice. I think you would enjoy that machine. Yeah, I think it's I think it's what I need. We spoke last time about the the Magic Keyboard coming in May for the new iPads Pro, iPad Pros, and mm-hmm. uh, just a, a little note. So Dr. Drang did this this blog post. Probably a lot of people have seen it at this point. Uh, him talking about like the is it going to tip over in your lap? And because Drang is an engineer, yeah, I didn't really understand this article. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> it is like, very what, confusing. W- but was the, he arguing like like is he saying that he's actually going to work or not? Like what's uh, the conclusion? That it will work, and, he, and it oh. basically he's, he's explaining that it sh- this is why it should work, but there is it still kind of remains to be seen what would happen on non-flat surfaces, basically. Uh-huh. Yeah. And what what's with the music video at the end? It's, just, it's a ref. It's, to, it's in regards to a reference he made in the line before. Ah, uh, I get it. That's what he does. He's a very musical person. He is. Okay. Singing, dancing, snowman. Yeah, I like this article, though, because it it helped show me that there is real, like, engineering knowledge. Not not knowledge, but proof that this could that this should work is kind of something that I wanted to see. So I'm pretty happy about that, at least. I mean, I guess in conjunction with this, Apple hasn't said how much it weighs. And I would imagine that the weight of the base makes a big difference in how tippy mm-hmm. it is. 
It's going to mm. be heavy. It's going to be like close to the weight of an iPad, I'm sure. I think I'm so. Sure. But I think that's totally fine. Like it's going to be a nice experience. And in addition to tipping over, I don't want the thing to like feel wobbly when I go up and, and poke at the screen with my finger. I want it to feel like a solid thing. So I'm fine with some weight if it gives a really nice experience. Yep. Because the cursor, the trackpad, does not mean I also won't touch it. Exactly. I think it's going to... I want to be able to do both. I went back and watched multiple times those two seconds from the Apple commercial when the person is using the magic keyboard on on their lap. And like I watched over and over and like it doesn't wobble. So it looks to be pretty sturdy in terms of like the person is uh, like when, when, when they open the, the magic keyboard, it looks to be pretty solid. So I also think it's going to be heavy. I do wonder... Bunch of readers have asked me, like, are you gonna be able to fold the magic keyboard on its own, uh, li- like you can do with the smart keyboard folio or the smart folio? I don't think you can. Um, that's, but we don't know. Like, we don't know. Can you fold it all the way to the back? Uh, I don't think you will be able to, which makes me no. sad because it means that my kickstand method will not apply to the magic keyboard for iPad. Um, but. Also, it doesn't... I mean, what are you going to do? No, I don't think that this will do that at all. I think it's kind of like yeah. you have it on and it's closed or you yeah. or it's open or it's and open. in typing mode. Like, you want, this won't be a wraparound dealio. Yeah. Because that hinge is going to be stiff, right? Yeah. Like, that's going to be yeah. like a stiff thing, surely. And you've got the little, like, USB-C mm-hmm. column to be deal in there and so like that's got to like turn all the way around yeah i don't i don't see this being a deal where you can wrap the keyboard all the way behind it but i think it'd be nice to have it on your desk and if you want to take it off you just take it off and then it just sort of like stays in your desk closed and then like you you put it back well i think that's why they keep showing that like in multiple videos apple have shown like just a, a, a shot of somebody just taking it off yeah which also would indicate the weight of it that it can it can stand it those magnets are strong and it has to you have to Mm. be able to like remove it well if the video is to believe be believed you can just take that thing off there Mm -hmm. which means that has Mm. to be heavy enough to fight against the strength of the magnet which is not easy what's the consensus on when you remove an ipad so you, you're an iPad Pro person and you use your iPad Pro at a desk with a smart keyboard or in the future, the magic keyboard. What's our consensus on when you remove it and you maybe want to go spend some time on the couch with your iPad or you just want to you know, have a change of scenery and work in tablet mode somewhere else? Do you or do you not keep a, you know, like a spare smart folio mm. around the house? Or do you just use it naked with no case, no, you know, no cover, nothing? Currently, I will go naked because... Uh, me too. Because so, I either have it in my clear look stand or I have it in my bridge keyboard or I have it in nothing. So, like, I'm very used... My, my iPad is never covered, right? Like, the back of it is never covered by anything anymore because mm-hmm. I don't use the smart folio, keep smart keyboard folio. So mm-hmm. I would use it without. And so my expectation will be that I will either go from in the stand with a with an external keyboard or mm-hmm. i will go smart keyboard to replace what the bridge would be doing or nothing because i just don't want to be putting a case on and taking it off all the time and then having this like big thing to deal with mm-hmm. um, that's my current thinking but i i don't 
I haven't made my mind up yet. Like, I might go smartfolio. I'm more inclined to get one of those now because they have colors. Like, Mm -hmm. so they're a little bit more visually appealing. Um, But again, all of this stuff for me is subject to change depending on how working outside of the home is going to be. And like, how am I traveling and what am I taking if I'm taking anything to and from the office every day? But but my Mm -hmm. expectation is I will I will be no no cover. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm doing the same right now. So just when I'm tired of typing at my desk, I just grab the iPad and I leave and I go to the other room and I just use it in touch mode. Uh, but yeah, no case. So I don't think it's going to change. I don't really want to keep an extra thing because I tried that for a while. Like I will leave like a spare smartphone in the kitchen or like in the hallway. And it, it was just an extra thing that was always sitting there. Mm-hmm. And at the point I realized, you know, I'm just going to grab the iPad. And if I drop it, you know, so be it. What do you do, Stephen? I do the same as y'all. If it's not in the keyboard case, it's just naked. For the, all those reasons, I don't want an extra thing flopping around. Yeah, mm. very well. Okay. I do really like the new blue case, though. The surf of course blue you do. case. Of it's beautiful. It's really nice. It's a great color. But there's, I don't really see a need for it. Like, it would just be an addition. Mm. I wish that they would make the smart keyboard folio in colors. Why not? Me too. Uh, can I tell y'all a story about product balance? Yep. While we're talking about this. You remember the uh, the white and black plastic MacBooks, those things? Mm-hmm. So those were really well balanced. You know, like you open the lid with one finger and the base of the computer stays on the desk. Well, that worked until you were like working on them. Like if you had to replace a part in them and you took the top case off and it would start, mm-hmm. like the front feet would start to want to lift off. And then if you took any other component out, like the hard drive out, the RAM out, anything, it would tip back on its hinge like it, Apple had it weighted just right where the base of the computer weighed just enough to keep it on the ground. They're really good at that stuff. So I would expect that this thing will behave the way we want it to. That's my hope. It seems like it's it would have to have been designed that way. Otherwise, you shouldn't have done it. But we'll yeah. see, right? We don't know. We don't know. We'll find out in May or whenever they finally sh- start shipping to, to everybody. As long as it is as balanced as the smart keyboard folio, then I'm fine, right? Like, that is not a completely balanced product, right? Mm-hmm. You can push it over, you can tip it over, but it takes work to do that, and as long as they've at least matched that, then I'll be happy. All right, we've got a bunch more to talk about, but let's take a break. Talk about our first sponsor. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Pingdom from Solar Winds. While you've been listening to this podcast, how would you know if your website had gone down? Would you know if your customers couldn't click that Buy Now button or access your content? You might stumble across the problem by luck or see a tweet or an email, but that's not a system, and you need a system. You need something to tell you that everything is running smoothly on your site, and more importantly, when it's not, you need Pingdom. Pingdom detects around 13 million outages every month. That's more than 400,000 outages every day. It helps keep your site and many, many sites that you love, like RelayFM, online. It doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500. You need alerts about critical website issues. Pingdom lets you customize how you're alerted and who's alerted depending on the severity of the outage. Plus, they track and analyze your website's load times so you can see what's affecting the user experience. If you have a site of any size, you need Pingdom. And Pingdom has a no-fuss approach to getting started. All they need is the URL you want to monitor, and they just take care of the rest. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now 
for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And when you sign up, use the code CONNECTED at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for the support of this show and Relay FM. Mac Madness. Woo! It's turned into absolute madness. It's descended. <laughs> Everyone's losing their minds. It's mm-hmm. wild. What is going on with your, what turn, What should have been fun project, uh, but seems to have taken some dark turns. It's taken over my life is what it's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we're recording this on Wednesday the 25th. Yesterday the 24th, uh, I closed round two of voting. So there's a link in the show notes. You can see uh, what moved forward. I will say that some people, including the aforementioned Dr. Drang, are very unhappy about some of the votes, but the votes are what the votes are. I, I have no control. People are voting. Look, the heart wants what the heart wants, and the heart wanted mm. a G4 cube over the 13-inch MacBook Air. I can't say mm. why. That one, by the way, the most surprising to me, that the the, the good MacBook Air is, is out <laughs> to the cube. I did not see that coming. Uh, I have a really good YouTube comment I want to share with you all. So mm-hmm. this person wrote, uh, bruh, B-R-U-H. So there's that. Bruh. The G- bruh. The G3 and G4 IMAX were a piece of my childhood with my elementary school chock full of them in the computer lab and classrooms. Next year, you should add the Emacs so my childhood can get ruined again. <laughs> <laughs> it is wild to me that the iMac G3 got knocked out to the MacBook Pro. Like that is that one was my honestly like, the biggest surprise of everything. It's weird that like people seem to be getting actually mad about this, which is interesting. That like that it's what people were voting for. Yeah, like I don't I don't know if I understand the anger that that it seems to be getting. All I'm saying is I'm pleased you're doing this and not me because I don't think I would be able to handle it. That's fine. I don't think anyone's mad at me. They're just mad at each other. So that's how democracy works. You vote your way, and the other person votes the other way, and you're mad at them for four years. That's how it goes. Yeah, just like your, just like it went in your countries too. That's uh huh. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I like that you're sharing the numbers though, because the thing is, is like most of these contentious ones like split down the middle. Very right? close. That it's like 50, always like fifty to forty something, mm-hmm. which is just it's just interesting. There aren't a lot of like real big landslides. Yeah, there was only really one, I think there was one that stood out. I'm skimming my own blog post now. Yeah, the 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 2006 to 2012 Mac Pro at 72% against the Mac 2FX. That's the biggest gap, I think, so far in the whole thing. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, so round three is is open now. And I will tell you that... The voting so far in round three are bigger gaps on average than I've seen in previous rounds. So people are, I guess, uh, getting more into into what they want, or maybe the voting is just sort of consolidating around certain machines. Uh, the quarterfinals, I think, are going to bring some heartbreaks because there's a lot of like really beloved computers in this. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it, honestly, I would love to see Mac Pro 2019 versus Mac Pro 2006-2012 in yeah. the final. Like, they are on opposite sides of the bracket, and I just think that would be hilarious if it just ends up that it's just two Mac Pros going out against each other. Yeah, I, I don't really know how it's going to end. I have some guesses, but again, I'm not, I'm not voting, and I'm not sharing any of my guesses. So I will say at the end what I thought. I, I am glad, though, that now everything's still in I have one of, so I have some f- fun plans for the 
the finale for the final video. So oh, you have all of them. All that are left in now. I think I that's do. good. That's good. Mac Pro, MacBook Pro, G5, Clamshell, Cube. Yep, I have all of these. So. Hmm. So we'll see. So go vote. Uh, this round will close on Friday afternoon, and I will, uh, again, do the same thing, live stream the winners, have a video up, and then we'll be into the, the final couple of rounds. That's wild. It's going to be good. Do you think you know what's going to win? I, you don't have to say what it is, but do you think you know what's going to win? Out of what's left now, I, I have, I have a, a, a couple that I think could go all the way. I'm down to two. I guess it's not important if I say. I think it's either going to be the black macbook or the mac 128k that's what i think it's gonna be one of those two they're on the same side of the bracket right they're both on I the know. right side. no they are facing off against each other in yeah. the quarterfinal that's the problem i, I, I think, think whatever wins that wins it all i think the new mac pro 2019 is gonna win do you yeah oh boy see this is why i really want to see mac pro versus mac pro <laughs> there were a lot of uh feelings involved with waiting for the Mac Pro comeback and I think a lot of people are channeling that you know sense of relief but, into mm, voting okay. for this Mac Pro. The reason I think it won't be that one is because lots of people that would want it can't buy it because it's too expensive. And I think that will be the thing that will stop it from taking the crown. I mean the idea of being a favorite is super weird, right? Like it's not best, it's not the one that you had growing up, right? It is just his favorite. It's very, it's just very, it's very interesting to see how people interpret that. I think it's gonna be Mac Pro 2019 versus Clamshell iBook G3, and on the other side, it's gonna be G4 Cube versus Black MacBook. And my ideal final would be Mac Pro 2019 versus the Black MacBook. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. Fi- we'll find out soon enough. So go vote. All that stuff's in the show notes. Uh, I appreciate everyone voting. The voting has been real. It's been really popular. So I'm glad people are uh, enjoying it. It's fun to do something fun. Let me see. Let me take a look here. What do I think could be the worst winner? Probably the Power Mac G5. What's the Power Mac G5? I don't even know. You'll what know is it the when pow- you see it. It's the it's the tower computer that had the acrylic plastic from the G3. No, the Power Mac no, G5. No, that's the first one that looked like a Mac Pro. Sorry, yep. that was the Power Mac G3. Yep. I do know these things. I just got it slightly confused. It looked like the, the old tower. It just had a, a, yeah. a PowerPC processor in it. This is a, like a fake cheese grater. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, why is this so far ahead? I the, don't know. The... Well, it it had uh, Syracuse said this. The Power Mac G5 actually had the easiest run so far because had like the original Mac Mini. Mm. I thought the 20th anniversary Mac would go further, but it died in the first round. And it had the Mac Portable, and again the seating was random. Yeah, but I think the Power Mac G5 had the easiest path to where it is now uh, out of the ones that are left. Can I ask you a question? Are you regretting the random seating? No. No, mm-hmm. I I said to you I thought it was a bad idea, and I think that anger has played out. I mean, I'm shocked the 13 inch air loss to the cube. Shocked, like I double checked that like four times. Like no way, that's how that went. Well, the random seating wouldn't have helped that. Well, it, it could have if I could have put the air against. You know, uh, I mean, the way that you would seat it manually is you would have what you th- would think your four winners are one in each quadrant. Yeah, but did you? Would you have? But you never would have assumed that the cube would beat the air. No, I wouldn't. Um, so you probably would have made that matchup. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the random seating makes it just more feisty, and I think that's what's fun mm. about it. So, I mean, look mm-hmm. how busy the chat room is right now. Everybody's yelling about the G five. 
Someone, someone in the, <laughs> someone in the chat room. Max Stories literally has an article from 2018 about the Pirate Mac G5, Federico. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I but wrote you it. probably oh, yeah. wrote it. I did write it. <laughs> Put that in the show notes. I may have read it, or and I may have forgotten about it because it's so, you know, exciting, forgettable. It's this is like the the, the fast bender of computers. Exactly. Like or oh, there is another there is another Mac like this though. There was the iMac, the last iMac before the Intel transition, right? It, yeah, the iMac G5. It looked just like the same as mm-hmm. the Intel iMac, but That's you right. forget about it. Or like the iPad 4, yeah. 3? 3. Which one? 3. 3. It was gone in like six months. <laughs> yeah, because they just replaced it with a with a lightning port, and then that was it. And they made it a lot faster. Maybe the, maybe the 2020 iPad will be another one of these machines. Or it gets replaced by something. We'll find out later on in the episode, maybe. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. So anyways, that's Mac Madness. Uh, go forth and vote, please. Madness it is. It is madness. Moving into some tiny topics, there's a little bit more coming out from the iOS 14 code that 9to5 and uh, maybe others had their hands on. This is written by Zach Call, outlining features coming in the Find My app, which, of course, used to be Find My Friends and Find My iPhone, and it, it merged because all of our friends are, are our phones. They're not actually people anymore. And it seems like Find My is going to get a couple of features. So one is the ability to receive alerts when someone arrives at a location. So right now, if Mike's at the grocery and I want to know when he leaves the grocery, I can set that up and find my. There's also an option in there uh, when they don't arrive at a location on time. So it's like, okay, they're supposed to be there between 8 and 8.30 and they haven't gotten there. Find my would let you know, which is cool. So that would be added. That would be useful, I think, for parents, like kids going to school. Maybe the kids driving themselves for the first time. You want to make sure they get there in one piece. I like this addition. This is a clever and logical continuation of that notification stuff. Uh, There's also an AR mode with Find My, which would let you locate visually your things. Well, so we've spoken about this, right? Like the possibility of an AR mode for AirTags, right? That, That you would use that. Um, the 9 to 5 Mac article is words this f- feature very strangely. So I'll, I'll read what it says. Apple's Find My app in iOS 14 will also work with augmented reality headsets. AR kits, <laughs> Apple, AR kit, Apple's augmented reality development framework includes headset mode in the upcoming software update. Users will be able to locate visually using augmented reality for precise directions from close locations, including upcoming Apple AirTag device trackers. I would be really surprised if... So one, I mean, this is making some huge presumptions about what's coming This for iOS 14. Like, cannot imagine that Apple will have its own headset available at the end of this year. I mean, yes, the headset mode might be considered, right? Because, I mean, that's a thing that we've known about for a bit, like third-party, quote-unquote, third-party headsets. But surely this feature would be added to the iPhone. Like, there's no reason why the iPhone wouldn't get an AR mode for... Uh, find my if you're able to find other devices this is an interesting way of reading it like maybe they only have got confirmation on certain parts i'm not sure but it it just seemed like a strange feature to just be locked down in that way or referenced in that way i don't know yeah who knows i mean it feels like there's a lot of things to drop with ar this year especially with the lidar sensor on the ipad it's like okay that's coming to the phone right like what else could they do with it and i could see this being really cool 
Oh, by the way, I think that might be the first confirmed 2020 annual prediction, by the way. It's your boy over here. Mm. The iPad Pro line is updated before the iPhone of a hardware feature that's not on any current iPhone. Let me scroll down to the mm-hmm. document. I already marked it as green. Oh, uh, yes, you did. But, yeah, because I'm correct. Yeah. There's a lot of other stuff in here. All right, now I'm just there is, but none yeah. of it, none of it has happened yet. <laughs> none of it's like, happened I read yet. through this like two days ago. Yeah, there's still time. For, mo- honestly, pretty much all of the other predictions, bar like one or two, wouldn't happen until June onwards. Um, but this one has. Yeah, good job there. You got a point. Thank you. Well, if the iPhone gets the lighter sensor, no, but it, it, the the point was, it doesn't need to. No, it, it does just, need it. It's before the iPhone. That it does. Before the, the iPhone. What if the iPhone gets in 2022? I never said it had to be this year. Yeah, okay, but... Okay, yeah, I see. Mm. By the end of this year, we can't say that's wrong. The iPad Pro is updated before the iPhone That because he said that's not on any current iPhone. Mm. That's how he saved the point. We we judge it by the way it's written. The way it's written does not say that it has to come to the iPhone. We've this been year. very generous with you. Come for this on, phrasing. generous. Yes. Come on, ridiculous. Yes, we were. Yes. Well, Someone just mad he doesn't have a Twitter account. Well, he's going to get two of them. I'm going to have them both. Yeah. Now sure. that would be the real flex to have both. Yeah. I mean, another flex is to have one and never use it. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Federico. Mm-hmm. All right, Disney Plus has arrived in the continent of Europe, and I was seeing what the two of y'all thought about this. Well, Europe and Britain. How's that going? You literally said the continent of Europe. You said the continent. We haven't left the continent. Geographically, they have not. Yeah, we have left the European Union, (laughs) of which the European Union includes countries that are not in the continent of Europe. These are two very... Separate and distinct things. Jeez. So how's Disney Plus? Uh, so, <laughs> uh, besides geography, um, so we signed up for. Uh, well, I accidentally I think signed up for an annual account, but whatever. <laughs> no, um, that was a good thing. If you bought it before the launch day, you got money off. Yeah, that was that. a discount. And I feel like it was too late, and I was like on the on the preview page. I was like, "Yeah, I mean, we're gonna watch a bunch of stuff anyway, so might as well go for it." Um, we watched uh, uh, one movie so far. So we watched the um, live action remake of uh, Lady and the Tramp. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, that's a yeah. original for the service, right? That didn't. That was yes. actually a movie that came out. Yes, um, there. You know, Disney now has a bunch of these live-action remakes. There's one for Aladdin. There's uh, Dumbo. There's um, Lion the Lion King. King. The Lion King, though, is uh, you can go check it out. There's a preview page on Disney Plus, but it tells you due to current licensing rights issues uh this will be available starting april 21st so it actually tells you like due to expiring rights uh this will be available on this day so that i thought that was very nice so i have the app on my ipad on my phone on the apple tv we watched on the apple tv i thought it was very nicely done um the signing flow from the apple tv was super nice i just needed to open the app on my iphone on the same wi-fi network and it signed me it, it logged me right in 
So that was cool. Yeah, I've there's been a bunch of different types of login flows for yeah. like smart TV stuff. This is the smartest and this the, is the easiest that I've seen. This is the easiest because usually you go like to to a web page, yeah. like you know, and you type in maybe sometimes like an, a code, yeah. and it signs it, or maybe you just log in with your account. But this is by far the easiest that I've seen. Um, the app is, I mean, it's functional, it's fine, uh, just like any other. Uh, app for tvOS it suffers from the same issues that we've mentioned time and time again you click the menu button the menu button on the Siri remote you don't know what's gonna happen and in this case <laughs> uh, it doesn't navigate uh, back in the navigation um, structure of the app but it actually takes you it's very confusing it's one of those apps that has like a custom behavior for the menu button and it took me like 20 seconds to understand what was going on but besides that, uh, it's well designed. It supports Dolby Atmos. It uh, it lets you choose from multiple languages, just like Netflix. So we, it was kind of late when like we started watching the movie at one a.m. and we figured you know usually we watch movies in English, but we figured you know we just want to relax, so we're just gonna watch this one in Italian. Uh, really nice job with the voiceover, by the way. Uh, really nicely done. Yeah, I mean. Uh, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of a uh, bunch of things that will become available at some point, like the Lion King. Uh, I love that you can browse by property, uh, so like Pixar and Marvel, and you know, there's a Star Wars Hub. That's very nicely done. Uh, now that I have an annual subscription, I might as well at some point actually watch Star Wars and get you know become a man of culture uh, mm. in that sense uh, maybe I don't know I want to re-watch the, the Toy Story movies because it's been a, I've never watched uh, three and four sadly okay and I watched one and two many 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 years ago so might as well do like a Toy Story rewatch. Sylvia doesn't really like Toy Story, so I probably have to do it by myself. Uh, otherwise, we're gonna watch all the live action remakes. We're gonna. Uh, I have been told that I will have to uh, fix some uh, unfor- unforgivable holes in my Disney movie catalog uh, culture in terms of like I've never watched things like Cinderella or the Aristocats, or, uh, you know, like, growing up, I I don't know why, but my mom didn't want to buy me those, like, movies on VHS. Also, they weren't easy to get when we were kids, because Disney had this thing called The Vault, where they would release these movies for chunks of time. Exactly, but my girlfriend makes my, makes fun of me for that, because she's, she's convinced that everybody has watched those movies, and I did not. So, okay, Siri... Uh, so Siri on my watch just transcribed everything I said for some good. reason. So That's yeah, good. I will watch all the cartoons and all the live action remakes and then we'll see about Star Wars and the the TV shows. I really, again, probably something that I will have to do myself. There's a like inside Disney documentary of like an hour uh, that I want to watch. I've heard very good things about the Imagineering series, which is about the Disney parks, which I'm really excited to watch. It's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, thumbs up so far. I mean, it's a... Uh, and they're doing so much advertising on Italian TV. Yeah. And I mentioned this to Mike and, and Steven a, a few days ago. They actually did something really clever here in Italy. So, the first episode of The Mandalorian aired on public TV in Italy, on it's Channel 6 here in Italy. And so, you get... You, 
can watch that first episode for free on TV, but then if you want to get the rest, of course, you sign up uh, for Disney+. Plus. And they are airing commercials for Disney+, Plus like, <laughs> every few minutes. Uh, especially these past couple of weeks, it's been a massive, like, everywhere there's a mention of Disney+, Plus launching in Italy. So, yeah, I mean, we signed up, and it's fine. We like it. Yeah, there's so much content. Like, we're going to do a Toy Story marathon as our first thing because uh, Idina's not seen any of them. So I'm excited about that. I just haven't seen the most recent one. Uh, I think the app is nicely designed and it's nicely organized, as Federico said. You know, it's doing what every uh, Apple TV app from a large media provider is doing. They're using their own design. They don't care about what Apple wants them to do. And I think overall the design is good, right? Um, the category stuff is good, but not perfect. Like, where are the Simpsons? You know, which is, you know, there are 600 episodes of The Simpsons on this service, but it's not on the front page, which is a surprise to me. I would have expected it to get a little bit more prominency. Um, but, you know, you have to go to the TV shows menu and you can find it there. Uh, I also like that all of the, like, what would be DVD extras are just all available. So you can watch, the like, the deleted scenes and the behind-the-scenes stuff of movies. Like, they have all of those. I just think that's just, like, a, a nice little touch. But just looking around, really, it's wild, like, to see all of that content there. Uh, there, there is so much stuff, so much good stuff. So I'm excited to spend more time with Disney+. Plus. It's very well-priced, right? Like £5 a month or whatever. But I also did the sign-up for a year, get £10 off thing. Uh, yeah, it's real, I'm, I'm very pleased that we finally have it uh, in Europe. But I think it's ridiculous that we have to do week, wait week by week for The Mandalorian. I think that's madness. Like the, the entire show was already aired in America, yeah. But we get the first two episodes and then have to wait weekly. I think that's just mad. Like really, just like bananas. All right, this episode of Connected is also brought to you by our friends over at Smile, the makers of Text Expander. Save time typing and boost your productivity with Text Expander. It lets you easily insert snippets of text as you type using a quick search or abbreviation. You can create snippets for anything you type frequently. They can be simple like your phone number or email address or really complex with things like customizable forms, fill-in fields, automatically calculated dates, and much more. Text Expander works everywhere you type without the need for any sort of special plugins. So you can use it in email or word processor, spreadsheets, web apps, iMessage, Slack, online services, and way, way more. Businesses like yours use Text Expander every day to manage and share snippets with employees and keep the whole team on track. If you want to learn more about Text Expander, you can sign up for one of their free webinars. There's one uh, about power tools for customer support professionals with Help Scout uh, in March, along with a Text Expander beginner, advanced, and teams webinar. So you can go through and really learn anything from the basics to the more complex. Those are all over at TextExpander.com. I've used Text Expander forever it's one of those utilities that without it my mac feels just broken and i was looking through some of the snippets that i have in text expander and i've got things from you know uh, correcting spelling so things that i mistype will correct it for me automatically i have one that is just um my email addresses so i can do semicolon s RF and it gives my relay email address. So I'm type the whole thing out. It's amazing. Anything you type a couple times a day, just put in Text Expander and you'll be shocked at how much time you'll save. 
Text Expander is available for macOS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. And connected listeners will get 20% off their first year. Just go to textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander. That's textexpander.com slash podcast. If you've been meaning to try Text Expander out, now's the time. Our thanks to Text Expander for the support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so new iPad Pro reviews are out. Uh, well, new because technically it is new, but we're going to talk about it. <laughs> really, not much is new in this iPad Pro. Um, so I watched the MKBHD video and I read the reviews from Jason at Six Colors and, and John at Daring Fireball. So basically the consensus is uh, if you're an existing 2018 iPad Pro user, you don't really need to upgrade unless you, you are an ARKit developer, because you won't, you, in that case, you probably want to start testing your apps against the new LiDAR sensor and ARKit 3.5, which Apple also released, and the new framework takes advantage of the LiDAR sensor in the new iPad Pro. But otherwise, that is the only new feature, uh, basically, and uh, there's also a camera change in the sense that you can now take ultra-wide photos, but the benchmarks are still the same and it's still got the same design. And in your day-to-day experience right now, uh, without a Magic Keyboard, without you know any ARKit 3.5 apps, the iPad, the twenty, the twenty twenty iPad Pro, still the same as the twenty eighteen iPad Pro. There are some differences, but again, you probably will not notice them. All twenty twenty iPad Pros have six gigs of RAM, and instead, in twenty eighteen, only the one terabyte model had six gigs of RAM. But I bet that most users will not, you know, if ever run into those limitations, uh, memory wise. You can take, as I mentioned, you can take ultra wide pictures. There's no portrait mode for the rear camera, surprisingly. Uh, Gruber argues in his review that Apple wanted to focus their resources on getting the lighter stuff going right now for ARKit 3.5. Yeah, I have another theory about this, which is that the they will be making massive improvements to portrait mode with the addition of LiDAR in the next iPhone, and they want to keep that for then. Probably. And not make these big jumps on the iPad Pro before they make them on the iPhone. Could be could be one of the features that they mentioned uh, for yeah. the iPhone 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, we have benchmarks. There's, a, you know, again, pretty comparable to the 2018 iPad Pro um, that was running the A12X. This is running the A12Z. What else? Uh, the new studio quality uh, microphones. Uh, again, Gruber has... Uh, a test. Uh, there's a uh, two audio clips on there in Fireball that you can listen to. And sure, there's a I would say minor improvement in terms of quality. I wouldn't say it's a studio quality microphone. I you know I wouldn't suggest recording a podcast on that. Any microphone is a studio quality microphone if you take it into a studio. Sure, sure. Uh, well, that's how that works. Is it that? No. Is it though? That's what it means. I don't know. That's what it means. Know. Any microphone is a studio quality microphone if marketing says so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> there are studios of all shapes and sizes and qualities, you know? Sure. Uh, I mean, what else? Um, we have new smart folios, new smart keyboard folios. Uh, the Magic Keyboard, of course, will be backward compatible with the 2018 iPad Pro because the camera 
uh, cutout in the back is bigger, but it's still going to fit the older and smaller camera bump of existing iPads. Every single iPad Pro review spends a significant portion of time talking about the fact that they don't have the thing that everybody wants to test, which is the keyboard. They don't have a magic keyboard, but yeah, that's pretty much it. So why release this iPad now if its main accessory isn't available yet? Well, Because you need it before be- the main accessory is available. Because you need it because it was ready. If you have the 2018, you should not update to this, even though one of us did. But I think if you came from like, you know, a, a first an iPad Pro, you're going to wait until the keyboard's out. Like it, it seems strange to me that they're they're so so far apart. Probably. I mean, there are a bunch of conspiracy theories, you know, if you want to make them. Uh, I think that it is curious that they all got six gigabytes of RAM now. I think that is a curious thing. Like, I wonder if there's a reason for that. I don't know. Um, I have a but. Go on. What is your what is your theory? It's really Jason's conspiracy theory. I think. No, this was my theory, which Jason ignored on upgrade, and then made himself to the two of us, and then said, "Oh wait, actually, Mike said that," which is that there could be some reason for it, but they're probably going to do a second one later on in the year. Oh, that's not where I was going. Okay, well, what were you saying then? So there is a, a school of thought. I don't think I buy into it, but just stick with me. You got 6 gigs of RAM. You got a keyboard. You got a trackpad. You have ARM Max coming. What if this sort of setup is the development kit? Yeah, that is Jason's yeah, theory, and, and I am on board of it. I think that is going to be the case. Uh, Federico, you probably don't remember this, but there is an article on Mac Stories about this about the Intel development kit that I wrote. And uh, I do remember that. That was interesting. Also looked like a G5 and a Mac Pro. <laughs> but that was a fascinating story. I can see that. I can see, like, sure, it makes sense. Now you have a trackpad, and if you want to test your apps, you can have this as a, sort of like a developer kit, and you can install this special version of macOS on an iPad. It's going to look super weird. I don't really know if they're going to do it because like, again, running macOS on iPadOS, even though it's a developer thing, I don't know. Uh, maybe it sends the wrong message. Like, I can see a bunch of people saying, oh, this is actually so much better than, than iPadOS. Why yeah. don't you actually make it the, the official thing, well, macOS yeah. on, on iPad? It can totally work. Uh-huh. So I don't know if they want to create a precedent for it, you know? Uh, also, I'm sticking with my 2018 iPad Pro. I've made my decision here Same. after reading these reviews. Um, I am very glad that two years ago, despite um, some mild criticism that I got from some people, I purchased the really expensive uh, one terabyte iPad Pro. That turned out to be the only one with two extra gigs gigs of RAM, um, unlike the other models, which were stuck on four gigs. And I have shown, like, uh, there was a thread on Twitter uh, from two years ago uh, where I showed how um, some of my shortcuts were actually uh, taking advantage of that extra memory. On other iPads, those shortcuts would have just crashed the shortcuts app. Um, This still happens today, but for other issues and bugs with shortcuts not because of ram unfortunately uh, i still cannot use music bot in shortcuts uh, in 13.4 it's been crashing the shortcuts editor for uh, over a month now so in, anyway it's good to have worked so long on something 
for it to stop and, and working. to never use it again. Yes, yeah. it's it's a great it's a great feeling. Um, I'm sticking with the 2018 because it. I argued at the time I want to future proof my iPad Pro, and this is exactly what I meant by future proofing. Now I have an iPad that has pretty much the same exact specs as the new one. I will not get that extra GPU core, I guess, of the 2020 spec bump. I will not get the studio quality microphones, which is too bad because it means now I will have to quit podcasting. Uh, but, the, you know, that's a consequence I will have to accept. And I will <laughs> not get the lighter sensor. So unfortunately, I will also not be able to go grocery shopping and holding my iPad up to a shelf to see where the cereal are. Um, that's also unfortunate and there will not be the u1 chip inside but as we all know um i will have to suffer the consequences of so many features that depend on the u1 chip that i will not be able to take advantage (laughs) of and so that section of my review this summer unfortunately it'll have to be cut Uh, all those features i will not be able to mention but seriously i'm i think i'm gonna be fine anybody with a 2018 ipad pro especially if you have the one terabyte model, but even with the other ones, I think you're just going to be fine and you can avoid this iPad Pro. If you have an older one, then totally go for it. Uh, And I think this is pretty much what every reviewer said. Like if you have an older iPad Pro that is not the 2018 one, unless you're an AR kit developer, um, if you have an older one, go with a new model. Uh, If you have a 2018 iPad Pro, stick with it and and let's see what happens uh, with this rumored mini led ipad pro coming supposedly later this year yeah i've got the 11 inch the 2018 one and i i'm i have the four gigs of ram like it never feels slow i'm perfectly fine skipping this generation i am going to do the magic keyboard but i think it's i think it's great that apple made that thing backwards compatible and i think that's kind of a nod towards like yeah this this update isn't meant to be a a year over year thing mm-hmm so, Mike, you got anything you want to share? Like, you wise, I'm pretty sure uh, I shared it already. I, I did, I did buy one. The okay, so like reason number one why I bought one is I ordered it before I read anything. Okay, right. So that was reason number one. So I just put the order in, and now at this point, I kind of feel like one of us has to have it. So I have it now. I'm hoping the six gigabyte of RAM will mean something. Uh, I was also waiting for an iPad update because I wanted to donate my larger 12.9-inch iPad to Adina because she's using the 10.5, and I think that... And she's also starting to do more illustration projects again and wants to use Procreate more, and I think that she will find it much better to have a bigger screen and the Apple Pencil 2 rather than the Apple Pencil 1. Uh, everybody knows I love AR, right? Like that's a big thing in my life. You know this about me, right? That I'm always in AR. So this is going to be great. Just excited about that. Uh, if I'm going to be really, really petty and nitpicky, the mismatched camera cutout on the magic keyboard would bother me. You'll never see it. It's in the back. (laughs) But when I close it up, (laughs) you look at it (laughs) and I'm walking around with it. And I guarantee right now that both of you are going to be sad about it. And I bet Steven upgrades his iPad because of it. That's the that's the bet that I'm making right now. Or Stephen will quote unquote drop his iPad Come accidentally on. Come on. and That's break mustache. it. The, the, I, I will say expensive, the most expensive camera mismatch you've ever seen. <laughs> no. mm-hmm. I will say since the Apple stores are closed, my phone has been in a case 100% of the Good. time. 
You are <laughs> incredibly danger prone. Uh, I'm not going to be updating my 11. Um, and that and that's kind of it. Like I have it, like, you know, probably, well, not probably, I didn't, there was no reason for me to get this thing, but I have it now. So I actually have it now. I haven't even opened it. It arrived like just before we started recording. You want to do some unboxing Foley work for us? Sure. I mean, I can't imagine it's going to be very exciting, but. Well, I could put some explosions in the background or something. Uh, this is ASMR, everybody. I feel like I'm encroaching on Steven's territory. Unboxing. <laughs> iPad Pro. Six gigs of RAM. Okay. Are we done with that now? I feel I feel so relaxed Hang now. Uh, is that is that the plastic? Is that the, is that the film on top of it? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Does, does the camera module look like a face? Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to have a silver iPad again. Silver's the right color for everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it? It is. Is it though? Mm. It's got... Comes with a... Trying to, I'm trying to read the wattage on the plug, but it's hidden. <laughs> the plug. It's literally impossible for me to see this. They hide it underneath the prongs now on the, on the UK ones. Under which, the prongs. Yep. Um. So I don't know. It should say on the box. Should it? Mm-hmm. I mean, who needs to know this information? No one cares. I was no. just trying to find something of interest. Federico left. No, I'm still here. <laughs> You're the only one that leaves during the show when people talk yeah. about things they're excited I didn't about. leave! Yeah. Yes, you yeah, did. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. We all know you left and then you're trying to like wreck on it and make yourself sound oh, better by saying you yeah. didn't. Yeah. The box is so much bigger than it needs to be, it feels like. Anyway, so there we go. New iPad. Uh, Woo! I'm going to put stickers on it, and I'm so excited because <laughs> I've not had stickers on a device for many months now. Mm. So you put the stickers on the iPad, not on the yeah. cover. Yeah, on yeah, the, on I- the okay. iPad. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because as cover? I said earlier, I, I, I never have it in a cover. Okay. All right, well, congratulations. Thank so do we want to talk about this rumor there's going to be a second iPad Pro this year? Well, I mean, that rumor has been around for a while. Like, we've spoken about it on the show, and I think that this product just makes that seem more likely. Agreed. Mini-LED, 5G. They should do it. Like, put, I don't know, 8 gigs of RAM on that thing, new display, make it like a, like a the, the, the Pro version of the iPad Pro. Like an even Pro-er Pro, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> No, for real, though. Like, mini-LED, more RAM, 5G, new processor. I don't know. Put a bunch of holes in the back of it. Why not? Oh, like, my my secret dream for Mm -hmm. for this thing, let me pay a good extra to have, and I'm going to say it, it, and I'm going to actually write about this, too, a matte display. Like, let me pay for a matte iPad Pro with, like, the I don't know, it could be the nano texture thing. I don't know. Figure out a way to offer a real anti-glare yes. display on the iPad Pro. Let me pay extra for it, and I will give you the money. Please. Like, I really don't... Like, I'm using the... I'm still using the Moshi uh, iVisor screen protector, me which too. is... It, it's pretty good, but, you know, to have an actual matte display... That would be fantastic. So they should do. They should. They should do it. Like, um, 
offer a bunch of like cutting edge features that are still not part of the regular iPad Pro line. How much more will you pay for the matte screen? Oh, I would pay. <laughs> How I, much? I, would, I don't know, up to a thousand. I would you do go it. up to a thousand. Oh, oh yeah. If it means up to that, and including. If they said it was a cool 1,000 euros to I, do it, you'd pay it? Yes, I will sign a document that says that I will pay 1,000 euros right now. No, you just pay it to Apple. You don't need to sign anything for <laughs> no, us. No, I, will, I, will, I need to make Give it official. Give me a I, document I, I, to sign. I will do it because if it, that will be an investment, especially when I'm at the beach in the summer. If it means that I can actually get some editing work done, absolutely, I would pay that extra. Yes. I would need to explain to my accountant, but I would. It's for your work. Mm-hmm. I'll probably get a bit of processor to this other one, right? Like an actual real increment. It's still the A12. It's All the difference is that GPU core. So it's not even the same generation as the iPhone. It's still behind. And I guess at that point, it would be the A14X if they actually do it this year. Because yes. the, iPhone is getting, the iPhone is getting the A14. So this would be the A14X. Yeah, mini LED 5G, new processor. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, I think it will. I think it will happen. I want to believe, you know. Um, I want that. That's also a reference uh, of X Files, which I've never oh, watched, but I know the reference. I would love to have your uh, matte screen, but I am not. I do not think they will do it. I want them to do it, yeah, and I'm sure I you're know. probably the same. It's like, don't think they will. Would love it if they would. <laughs> I would also love a second USB-C port, but especially now that they've done the Magic Keyboard, I don't think that they're ever going to add the second port. Your second port is in the Magic Keyboard. I don't think I would pay a thousand pounds for the Mac <laughs> screen, though. I no, actually, you know, are, a thousand uh, pounds are so much more. I think I don't know. A thousand pounds is more than a thousand euro. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> I don't know. Would you pay seven hundred pounds though? Like I don't know. Mm. I don't know. It's a lot of money, Stephen. Would you get one of these with the matte display? Or without? I mean, I, I, you can answer separately. Uh, so I'm skipping this iPad, but yeah, if, if it's A14 and better screen, and everything like I, I think I would upgrade. And 5G, say, say it, say it, <laughs> and 5G. It. I mean, in the one corner of the country, you can get 5G. Short, <laughs> okay, short. It's mostly made up. Which also happens to be in Memphis, right? Because you guys have 5G. Yeah. My neighborhood was listed in that document. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I'd definitely be interested in that. But uh, for now, I think the 2018 is great. I, I do think this is going to be like a weird, short-lived sort of half-step. You know okay. why, actually, I will be happy about buying this iPad? Is this iPad gets me my pick without it being what I thought it was going to be? You thought it'd be because 5G. We thought it'd be 5G. So if the iPad gets 5G, the iPad will definitely be announced after the iPhone, you would assume. And so then I will get the pick for the 5G iPad and the pick for the feature before. So then I will be like super happy about buying this iPad because I'm like supporting my own win. It it came up in the chat room that USB-C port in the Magic Keyboard, that is just for power. So you can't plug in. Yeah, you can't plug in a hard drive or thing. That's totally fine because most of the time, you're just using, you just want it for power. So it kind of stays out of the way. And in that situation where it's on your desk and then you pick it up and take it with you, then it's charging without you having to plug anything in, right? You just sit it back in the keyboard case and it starts charging. I think a lot of people who use this at a desk are just going to leave their case plugged in all the time. 
I have a bit of a random question to put out to listeners while we're talking about USB-C and the iPad Pro. Uh, just like, like a small request that maybe some, there's like a single person out there who knows the answer and can confirm this with me. So if you are an, um, really into high-resolution audio, if anybody happens to know, uh, actually happens to be able to confirm with me whether the USB-C port on the 2018 or 2020, uh, for that matter, iPad Pro, supports up to 24-bit, 192-kilohertz output. I would be really happy if you could confirm this with me, uh, specifically if you ever tried to connect a USB DAC to a to the USB-C port of the iPad Pro. Um, so I just thought, you know, when we're talking about it, I just thought I would ask. I know that there's a bunch of people out there who use, uh, like, Amazon Music Hi-Fi or Tidal Hi-Fi uh, on the iPhone and iPad Pro. And I cannot find any official documentation on this. I just was able to find a single person on a random Amazon music forum uh, who did a bunch of tests with the 2018 iPad Pro and audio quality, like high resolution audio um, output on the, uh, via the USB-C port. So if anybody else has ever done this, please get in touch with me and let me know because I'm working on a story about it. Thank you. Did you guys get any of that? Yeah, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't cool. even really know how to test what you want. <laughs> Honestly, like I don't even... Uh, <laughs> you so can give example, me all the stuff and I wouldn't be able to... <laughs> okay. Usually, if you have a, an external USB DAC, uh, usually comes with a display that shows you the audio quality that is coming in uh, from an audio source. And they mostly don't work? Or you're not sure no, if no, work? No, right now my USB DAC works, but... Uh -huh. The app, so I don't know if it depends on the app that you're using on the iPad when playing back uh, like FLAC music files, for example, or if, if, if it depends on other factors. Right now I'm testing with my FLAC library and the app that I'm using is called Prism. And Prism is a, is a Plex client. So it's like a third-party client for Plex. Mm -hmm. My FLAC music is stored in Plex. I am unable to tell whether the output is going up to 24-bit or not. Um, so I figured maybe somebody else has ever has, has tried this before me and they will be able to confirm with me. Mm, I also wonder if it's a problem of the USB cable that I'm using uh, as an mm. adapter. That there, there could be some downsampling happening uh, with that USB cable. I don't know. Again, I have no idea. And there's no official documentation from this from Apple. Apple does have... Um, these kinds of details when it comes to the to the external like there's a there's a document here called about the external features and ports on iMac and iMac Pro and they do have some details you don't have one of those <laughs> you're looking at the wrong thing <laughs> they do have details on audio <laughs> uh, but, but I got the I got the wrong Pro Apple uh, not, not the Mac one so uh, if you are one of those people please get in touch with me and share your knowledge with me. Thank you. Good luck with that. Mm -hmm. Nobody will, I'm sure. <laughs> You're on your own. <laughs> yeah. So this is the thing. You need to, you would be the person to answer that question for someone I else. Know. Like that's I as know. far as it goes. You, you're not. Just assign us the job. Also, if you happen to work at Apple, and you there, that's, please that's let the me only know way. privately. If you happen to work for Apple on USB audio on the iPad. It's like one and, person. And you've tested this very specific feature that Federico's yeah. interested in.
please let me know. The only thing I was able to discover, again, from other people on online forum boards, is that the AirPlay audio protocol, so we're talking wireless now, uh, was locked to PCM 44.1 kilohertz, which is like the standard like CD quality yeah. uh, uh, audio stuff. Again, that's AirPlay. So it's like a different thing. I'm interested in the USB-C port on the, iP- on the 2018 iPad Pro. What kind of audio output does it support? Is this guy called, is it called Fat Burger? <laughs> I think its name, his name is Fat Burger. What? Um, what are you talking about? I'm looking Where up. are we so, going now? What? What's a- this? Per- this person on avforums.com. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, hold on. Steven, can Let we go see. to an ad, please? Yep. Thank you. No, no, no. This person, this person. <laughs> no, no. So the person, the original poster is called Joker with two R's right. at the end. Uh-huh. The, like, this is actually very well done. A comparison of using the Tidal app and the Amazon Music HD app on the iPad. 2018 iPad Pro via the USB-C port. It's very detailed, but I, I don't believe that Joker works at Apple. No. Or, you know, so... Neither do I. I will share this link for the show Please notes. do. <laughs> yes. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Hover, one of the show's longest-running sponsors. When you have a big idea, where do you go? For a ton of people, Hover is that first big leap because your business starts with a domain name. Hover has over 300 domain name extensions to choose from. So no matter what you want to build, there's a domain name waiting for it. They have excellent technical support to answer any questions you may have, and they're dedicated to getting you online, not upselling you. Hover has free who is privacy, so the bad guys don't get your info. Really clean UX and UI during the checkout process, and monthly sales on popular top-level domains. It's easy to see why Hover is the popular choice for people starting businesses. I've had my domains at Hover forever, but recently I was helping a friend get a website up, and he had several domains just scattered across a bunch of different companies, and I brought them all into Hover, and the transfer process is really easy. A lot of these other companies make it difficult to do simple stuff, but Hover's UI makes it really easy to understand what's going on. I got all of his domains moved over and forwarding, doing what they need to do without any heartache. We all like intuitive user experiences and things that just work straight out of the box. So I know you're going to appreciate Hover because it's simple, clean, and easy to navigate. Buy your domain and start using it today. Go to hover.com slash connected. Get 10% off all new purchases. The URL one more time is hover.com slash connected. Make a name for yourself with Hover. Our thanks to Hover for the support of this show and Relay FM. iOS 13.4 is out in the world. Uh, Federico, you may be unaware of this, but there's a story over on Mac Stories about this going into all of the, uh, the features. I don't know what, why this is a joke now. I want you to understand that the Power Mac G5 was an, an isolated issue because it's a boring computer. I need you to understand this, Steve. It had liquid cooling, man. I read all the stories that go up on my website. Liquid cooling. But the particular Federico. one I also read, it just didn't stick with me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I read them, and when I say me, I mean sometimes John reads them. I mean, yeah. John always reads your column. I never read your column. Yeah. <laughs> that is factually untrue. Okay. I reject that um, accusation. Ah, yes. Accusation, even nicer. It's an accusation. I don't mm. like it. Mm. So anyway, so Ryan did an excellent job going through all of the 
features, iPad cursor support, iCloud shared folders, and more. Let's start with uh, cursor support. So we we played with it in the beta, and if you haven't yet or haven't seen it, Jason put this amazing article together with a bunch of GIFs where he captured different things the cursor can do. And uh, I want to know how you guys are feeling about this so far. Loving it. Yep. Absolutely loving it. Loving it. Oh, it's made my iPad so much better. Like, I just... I'm so happy, boys. I really am so happy. Like, just so good. It's fantastic. I love it. So that's my review. Wow. So do it's you, really, it's oh, just do you brilliant. like it? It's, uh, it's like... Honestly, it's as big a, an impact to me as an entire iOS release. Like, and I'm not... This is no, like, hyperbole. Like, this, this 13.4 is as important to me as 13 was. Because it is completely changing the way that I use my iPad for the better. Like, I was already using every single day the accessibility mode, and it was okay. This is, like, so well implemented, so well done, and I'm happy and excited for, like, numbers. Like, you know, like, the update to numbers. Something you could never do on numbers on iOS that drove me mad was you, could, you couldn't do that thing. I don't know what you would call it. Like the automatic formula stuff where you would, like, click a cell and drag down, and it will yeah. fill... Yeah. Right. You mm-hmm. can't do that on numbers, but you can with a cursor. So, very excited about that. Right. Like just stuff like that. But just in general, it's fantastic. I love it. And using my iPad is even more comfortable and amazing than it's ever been. So super excited about it. Um. So I'm gonna be. I'm gonna share a, a story about these and other things that I've been doing with my iPad Pro next week. I'm. I'm working on it right now. But basically. The best thing about this this native cursor is that they did not copy the Mac cursor, and it's it's really hard to 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 describe it. I think, and I'm sorry, Stephen, if the analogy doesn't you know you 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 can leave for thirty seconds if you, if you <laughs> want to. I'm not but you know leave. how like when you when you. When you play Super Mario on I'm a leaving. Nintendo console, <laughs> I mean, come on, it's Super Mario, it's universal. Yeah, of uh, course. When you play Super Mario on Nintendo console and, and you click the button and Mario jumps and it feels like the button that you click on the controller, and this, this has been true forever on the Game Boy, on the Super Nintendo, on the Wii, but the button is like a natural extension of your finger, like it just... You, it break like you, Nintendo created that, that illusion that the button is like part of the game itself. It's not a plastic button. It just feels like it's it's integrated so well with the game that when you press it, Mario jumps, and it's so natural. It and it's so intuitive. And I feel to an extent that there's a bit of that magic in the in the native cursor in that it just feels like it's part of the. UI, even though it's actually based on an external accessory, like it requires additional hardware, but it just feels like it's a native component of the interface. And the way that 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 it squishes and and you know the little dot becomes an eye beam or becomes like a tool that highlights icons and 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 toolbar elements, it just feels so intuitive and natural. That and that is why I believe the best the best thing that Apple could have done here is not copy the default behavior of macOS because that would have worked maybe but it wouldn't have been as intuitive as seamless maybe is a, is the right word for it as it is right now 
It also would have would have made a different statement. Mm, yes. Like the statement would have been the only way this can be done is the way it's currently done. Where what this shows is there's a different way to do it. Like fundamentally it's the same type of thing, but it, this is a different operating system. It's built differently. It has different underpinnings. Like you can make it look different mm. and act differently that fits more with the operating system. Like this would feel weird on the Mac. Mm-hmm. Like the traditional pointer would feel weird on iPad OS. Yeah, I, I also feel like if this, the way that Apple has done this, it feeds into the idea that the iPad is this new kind of computer that can adapt to different scenarios. So like it can be a tablet, it can be sort of like a laptop and there's going to be a magic keyboard. It can, you know, you can use it with a stand. You can use it with an external monitor. Like this, this multiplicity of of inputs, and the way they all work together with a single computer. I, I think that's that's what sets the iPad apart from a Mac, and that is why I am so happy that they did this different cursor implementation. So it's very well done, and it. I really recommend reading the uh, the page from the human interface guidelines on I it. love that they added this to the HIG. It's really nicely it, done, and I'm very happy that it's there. They have some examples of uh, what I believe is a keynote update that is that is not out yet, but showing how they took advantage of like uh, pointer customization. So like when you're dragging certain elements in keynote on your iPad, the cursor transforms into this like arrow tool that shows you exactly what you can do. Yeah, I was excited to learn that developers could customize it. I yeah. think that's really exciting and yeah. surprising. Like I, I wasn't expecting that, but like you are able to kind of visually represent things that you're doing with the cursor by manipulating the design of the cursor. And a, and a third-party developer can do that themselves. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, so um, go check that out. And um, I've been retweeting some developers who are taking advantage of the new API in 13.4. Um, so we're talking about hover customizations. Mm. So when you hover over elements, the pointer customizations, the effects that you can add, there's definitely more coming. Uh, I know the developers are working on this stuff right now. Uh, obviously, uh, Rambo uh, is. Uh, send me a beta of the Chibi Studio app that, they're, uh, that they have an update coming with deep trackpad integration. Super well done. They have all kinds of like hover effects and tool tips when you hover over uh, tools in the in the palette. So this is a, a, a like a Chibi Studio. It's like an avatar creation. Uh, utility so they have like um, it's a design tool so when you hover over uh, buttons you get a tooltip it's sort of like photoshop uh, in a way you have this tool this palette on the side it's very well done doesn't surprise me that it's you know it's been <laughs> reverse engineering even before the uh, the new version of xcode was out uh, last night so yeah if you're a developer working on this stuff get in touch uh, i love the way that it's done i've been I was able, thanks to this, to to really simplify my setup um, at my desk with the ultra-fine monitor that I use. I now use a Magic Trackpad 2 with the iPad. I love it. It's so well done. And again, the best part, they didn't copy the Mac, and it, they did not wait for iPadOS 14. So thank you, Apple, I guess. 
it, it's amazing to me how well it works in some apps that haven't been updated. Like I think if the more standard your UI is, the more you get this just out of the box. There are definitely some some apps that it needs some some help in, but if you haven't played with this yet, like just take a magic mouse or a magic trackpad, hook it up and, and just spend some time with it because it really it really does change how the iPad feels and it means that you're still gonna need to touch the screen for stuff. I think that'll that'll always be true. But you can, if you want to keep your hands down, do that really easily now too. I'm a big fan. It's really good. I love it. Uh, another feature in 13.4 is iCloud folder sharing. Finally, <laughs> this was announced for uh, iOS 13, but it's it's here now. So it is part of iOS 13.4 and the Catalina update 10.15.4. And I can say how it works there as well. Uh, you go into iCloud, you add a folder or you pick a folder and you have to add add a person from the share sheet. And like, I don't, like, I don't spend hardly any time in the files app. The only real cloud service I use is Dropbox and I just use their app. But boy, I find files confusing in places. Like, why do I have to long press to get to things? Like, it's just, it's messy in places. Um, but you can add people and you can do it. It looks like just like sharing an Apple note. So you can do it via email or text or whatever. So I sent y'all a, a link via iMessage and... You know, we put some files in there. I renamed one of them a couple times and, you know, edited a picture and it all seems fine. I, I am not looking to replace Dropbox, but I think if you want to, uh, this is probably okay by now, but I would, I would do some testing before <laughs> you put your whole, your whole life into it. It's interesting on the Mac, we have a link in the show notes. The shared folders get little labels. And so it does this on iOS too. Does it? It's like off yeah. to the side, it says shared by me, added by Mike Hurley, modified by mm-hmm. Federico Vitici. So you can kind of keep track mm-hmm. with what's going on. Dropbox does not do this. I think it's nice. It's really weird. Like nothing else on the Mac and Finder looks like this. Yeah. But Well, I mean, I guess Dropbox does it in their own way where well, they have you, like the th- shared thing in their app and the menu bar. Like it's not the same, but... The- yeah, it's not right there in Finder. Exactly. I'm not going to use this for anything. I, I have no mm-hmm. plans on using this. Do we? Ever, are ever you going to do it? Like, like seriously use this for something? Nope. Mm, not right now. I want to hear the horror stories first, and Ye- then I want yeah. Apple to fix them, and then I will consider it. Because you know, something so- bad is going to happen here for sure. And I want somebody else to experience that nightmare before me. I mean, all nothing happens and it's just a long time and we keep hearing yeah. people saying that they're using it and it's good and then we can go with it. But Maybe. But there are, there are horror stories in Dropbox. Um, it happens. Bad stuff happens. But it happens less frequently and you are confident that even if something weird happened, it would be like, well, it's not going to keep happening to me. Well, at least that's what you'd think, right? Because you've had a long history with it. But I'm keen to see how people get on with it. But I have no, I just have no desire or requirement for it. I'm perfectly fine with Dropbox. It's working great for me. Has done for years. So much of my workflow revolves around shared folders and Dropbox. And and everyone I work with is going to have an iCloud account. But a lot of people that's not true for. And so that, that limits it. I think Dropbox has a... A more ex- uh, maybe it's not a large user base, I'm sure, but for this, it's much more widely known. Like, how many people even know mm-hmm. this is a thing? I would say that you probably shouldn't put any base sixty four in a in a shared fi- folder. So, Federico, please don't base sixty four us. Mm, we'll see about that. 
Oh no! <laughs> you gotta remove it. that folder. We shared a folder with him. <laughs> maybe it's too late. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe you will end up like John Voorhees with thousands of text files. <laughs> peanut butter, 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 peanut, peanut butter. <laughs> I had I had a bit of a problem installing ten thir- or ten. I had a little bit of trouble installing iOS thirteen point four. Ten. That was that was your problem. <laughs> Trying to install <laughs> iOS ten, it wouldn't go on my phone. Uh, where my I was I was talking with you guys. My iPhone would tell me that it downloaded, but it could not verify the update because I was no longer connected to the internet. I was like, "Well, that's not that's just not true." Like, I mean, uh, yeah, I can imagine you would have a problem if I was not connected yeah, to the internet. But, but I, I know I am. I'm <laughs> like, sending iMessages. <laughs> yeah, I sent a screenshot of you, Mister Error Message. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I toggled airplane mode. I restarted the phone, and I came across this support document. I did not know this. You can remove a downloaded update from your phone if you go into the settings area that shows you your local storage. It's listed in the list of apps. So it's like Overcast, you know, 800 megs, Photos, you know, 32 gigs or whatever. And then iOS update, however many megabytes it was. And I deleted that and re-downloaded it and that fixed it for me. So I don't think this is a widespread problem. I have I even like tried searching Twitter. It doesn't seem to be a real thing. But now I know this. This is a helpful little, little thing. Because I was afraid I was going to like hook it up to my computer and update it through you know, what's left of iTunes. I didn't want to do that. So uh, that that sort of jump-started it for me. So if you do come across that at some point, you can remove that update and re-download it, and then that it it sailed right through after that. Mm, okay. There's also some features for education and enterprise users. So this comes from an article on 9 to 5 uh, by our buddy Bradley Chambers. There's been shared iPad support f- in schools for a couple of years now where multiple students can use an iPad if you're if it's all set up correctly with uh, Apple School Manager. But now uh, that is available through businesses, through the managed Apple ID program. So if you manage the Apple IDs for your employees, you can get that uh, multi-user support on the iPad. There is also a shared iPad temporary session so someone can use a set, you know, use an iPad without needing to log into it. Just like on the Mac, there's the the guest access user. It's been there forever. Where like someone can log into it and check their Facebook, and then they log out. And like all the records are destroyed. Same thing on the iPad now. Um, I really want this to come to iCloud sharing for families. Uh, David and I did a big episode of Mac Power Users on iCloud family sharing a couple, uh, maybe about a month ago or so. And this would be a great addition where I've got more kids than I have kids' iPads. And it would be nice if they could have their own ID and and log into their own user on the iPad. And, and hopefully that's the next step here as Apple continues to roll this out. But um, if you if you are in an environment with managed Apple IDs, this could be a, a useful thing for you. Not going to hold out hope for it because it's been in education for a long time. Two two years, I think. That's a long time. And so now it made it to business two years later. So in two years, it will show up in iCloud family sharing. That'd be really nice. Uh, lastly, universal purchases are now available. So if you sell an iPhone and iPad app, you've been able to share resources between them, share you know in-app purchases and stuff. And now... The Mac is roped into that, but it's not all great news. Frederick, I, I read some of this, but can you kind of explain what's going on? 
So universal purchase is basically um, they allow you to ha- to offer a single purchase uh, across multiple f- platforms. So uh, you should be able to offer like a Mac OS, TVOS, iOS, and iPadOS uh, app. So different binaries, but a single purchase. So if you want to offer like a like a premium uh, type of unlock, uh, you can now just let people pay once um, instead of having to buy to do some more complex things in terms of like checking across platforms if the user previously purchased that thing on a different device and it used to be very complicated before. Now, the issue there is that if you were one of the early adopters uh, as a developer of the Mac Catalyst technology, um, you cannot take advantage of this right now because you have to start fresh in the sense that the existing existing apps that use the Mac Catalyst framework, for reasons that I don't fully understand, they cannot use the universal purchase thing because they've they've already been made available on the App Store. So you need to start with a new uh, SKU, basically, uh, which is unfortunate because there are a bunch of early adopters of Catalyst who I bet that given the option would have gone with a universal purchase months ago. But now they are stuck in the situation of having sold a Catalyst version of their app, being unable to revert back to the universal purchase uh, system. And now they need to make a decision like, do we wait for Apple to make it available for existing Catalyst apps, which I think Apple should figure out. So I think maybe that would be the optimal approach, like send feedback and wait for Apple to make it possible. This this feels like a can't, like uh, uh, that there's something going on here. Like, why would you not do this? It's madness, right? I like, don't know. I, I, I don't know. I reckon it's some kind of thing where they had to draw a line and that line included cutting that out. It would just uh, yeah. seems so strange to have done it if they could do it. I don't know. Yeah. But it penalizes people who adopted their new technology when Apple yep. said, adopt our new technology. Yeah. And that's a bad exactly. look. Agreed. So, uh, you know, if developers, of course, want to start fresh, they would need to abandon that skew and losing those customers and losing those reviews. Jeez. And, like, uh, how do you go about this, right? It's the same reason why um, so many developers these days, instead of um, releasing separate versions of their iOS apps, uh, switch to subscription and keep the uh, release a new version as an update to the existing product. Look at Fantastical 2, for example. Um, they do this because if they were to release a, a separate SKU, they would lose all of their existing reviews on the App Store. They would lose all of their uh, positioning in terms of like search results on the App Store. It's It's very complicated to like it's not as easy as say, yeah, just release a new app because that comes with a lot of consequences for developers. You also lose customers, right, who never know you have a different SKU unless you, you send do. some sort of gross push notification. Like, it's it's a yeah. it's a bad deal. Even then, you won't get everyone. Like, no. you could, like, show it to people 20 times when they open the app, but you won't get everyone to move. Yep. Uh, obviously, you know, these developers who have launched Catalyst versions of apps, and there are some, like, I don't have any official numbers, but let's say about 100, maybe about 100 Catalyst apps on the Mac App Store, maybe more, maybe less, but let's say 100. And some of them are really good apps, right? Uh, There's 
actually powerful stuff like fiery feeds, for example. It's an RSS reader. Um, like, what do they do? Do they just abandon the app and they are because they were one of the early adopters, which is usually like a good thing to do, right? A, you know, following Apple's advice and adopting new technologies is usually a good thing. But now if they want to support universal purchases, they can't. So it's a bit of a bit of an odd predicament to be in at the moment. It's really, it's kind of awful, actually. Frustrating if you're in that situation. So those are universal purchases. I bet uh, I got some emails from uh, a few developers who are looking to, and of course we're talking about new apps, right? Uh, some new apps coming with this kind of experience, and I will be sure to check it out as soon as it's available. I am curious to see how it works, but I bet there's nothing to see. You just purchase it once, and then you just download on a different platform. It's an, I don't think there will be anything fancy to see on the user's side. It's more of a it's more of a thing on the on the on the developer side to implement, but in terms of the actual user experience, you just you pay it once and you, then you download it from the Mac App Store or vice versa, and it and it just works. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. They make comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, sweatpants, and more that are great for working out, going to work, traveling, or just for everyday life. And if for any reason you don't like your first pair of underwear, just keep them and they'll refund you no questions asked. Not only do MacWeldon underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well too. They even have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. Mac Weldon really does value its loyal customers. So they've created what's called the Weldon Blue Loyalty Program. Just create an account, which is totally free, and there are a few different levels to the program. Level one is placing an order for any amount and never paying for shipping again. Level two happens once you've purchased $200 worth of products from Mac Weldon. You get free shipping and you save 20% on every order you make for the next year, plus access to new products before the release to everybody else as well as free gifts added to future orders. I just ordered two dress shirts from Mac Weldon. I had a kind of a situation where I realized that the only like nice dress shirt I had left, like the last one had a, a stain on it. I was like, okay, well, it's, it's time. So I got a white one and a pink one, and they look fantastic. They're comfortable. They breathe well. Uh, I'm really excited about them, especially the pink. I really like the pink. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter the promo code WEIRDFISH. All one word. That's MacWeldon.com promo code WEIRDFISH for 20% off your first order. Our thanks to MacWeldon for their support of this show and Relay FM. We thought we would round up this week talking about some things that we are enjoying in our uh, our respective uh, shelter-in-place situation. So a lot of people are spending a lot more time at home, and we thought we would just kind of recommend some stuff that they were enjoying. So, Mike, do you want to go first? Animal Crossing. It's the only thing that matters in the world right now <laughs> for, <laughs> for me. It's, it's my only uh, happiness is found on my island. Uh, I could not be happier about this game being released when it is because both me and my wife Adina are playing it we both have our own switches we're both playing the game together and it is like 
helping us get out of bed in the morning because we spend some time before we do any work, like just checking in on our island. And it is genuinely like really helping my uh, mental health right now because it is a video game that I love, but it's also super peaceful and tranquil. And it makes me think I'm outside, even though I'm not. Uh, This game is absolutely wonderful and I'm so pleased and I'm enjoying it greatly, and it's awesome. You want to add anything, Federico? I feel like I, I totally agree with you on the, you know, it's a, it's a game that's keeping me sane right now, in the sense that it's so, like, it's peaceful, and, like, it makes you feel that everything's fine, you know? Like, you're not being judged by the game. You cannot lose at this game, you know? That's been true for Animal Crossing forever. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can just take it at your own pace. You can speed run this game if you want. Like, there's people who time skip on their Nintendo Switch consoles. They change the date to move faster in Animal Crossing. But it's totally fine if you want to take it easy and slow and, like, spend a couple of days just fishing or catching bugs and making your island pretty with flowers. Like, it's totally okay. And it's... Uh, this game, unfortunately... This game could have not come out at a better time, I think. Mm-hmm. It's like perfect. It's hit just at the right time for everyone. Um, and it's a game that, because if you do play it as it's intended to be played, which is everything is running in real time, it's actually helping me add more structure into my days again, because there are things that I want to do at certain times of the day. You got to keep a schedule for your village. You got to keep a schedule. <laughs> like it's useful, and so yeah, I, 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 it's it's just the right type of game for me right now. Um, and I want to recommend two YouTube channels. They are incredibly different. The first one is Linus Tech Tips. I have only very recently started watching Linus Tech Tip videos, and. Pretty much all I have been watching on YouTube over the last couple of months is just catching up on watching and watching what YouTube is recommending to me. Uh, there's Linus Tech Tips is a huge production. I think it's like 20 people that work at this channel. They have multiple channels. And they're based in Canada. Uh, Linus is the main guy, but they have a selection of other individuals that, that participate towards the videos. They're very PC-focused, Uh typically but they cover most all the technology i really really enjoy watching them build computers i just it's very lovely and fun and the humor mostly works for me sometimes it's a bit childish but like i can overlook some of that uh but i find their pc builds just really good and i enjoy watching it and it's like a different area of technology that i am somewhat interested in and i'm getting more knowledge from it by watching these videos they're you know they're they're very well made and i have absolutely no idea how they put out a video every day to the quality that they do it is astounding you can see why the team is so big when you look at it that way but like really super cool uh, the last YouTube channel is the Bon Appetit YouTube channel, which is from the cooking magazine Bon Appetit by the same name. This is not your average cooking channel. Like Bon Appetit basically has a selection of executive uh, editors. I don't know if they call them executive editors, but like what they call editors. But they're effectively YouTube personalities now. Um, and they are really like just very very entertaining 
videos that they put out. There are two series that I recommend you start with. One is called Gourmet Makes, where Claire Saffitz attempts to remake some kind of treat. So, for example, the most recent episode was Girl Scout cookies. So Claire will take Girl Scout cookies and tries to make her own homemade versions that are better in quality. Uh, this These videos are hilarious and super relatable because Claire usually, like breaks down halfway through because she realizes she can't do it or something terrible happens and she's very like she's hilarious but also negative it's like it's in a good way it's difficult to explain but she is amazing and the videos are amazing and then also it's alive by bradley it started out as just a show about fermentation like fermenting stuff and now it's all kinds of things because i think they kind of started to run out of just fermenting things brad is hilarious uh just don't necessarily listen to what I'm saying about the recommendations. Just go and watch one of these videos, like each of them. One Gourmet Makes, one It's Alive. I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. Like, And there's tons of this stuff. And then once you've once you have like binged all of those shows, there's loads of great content on the Bon Appetit YouTube channel. You don't have to want to learn anything about cooking and you will enjoy these. It is not about that. These are entertainment shows that have food in them. Like, super good. They are my recommendations. All of those things will, will bring some happiness to your life. All right, so my picks. Uh, well, I have a bunch. So in terms of music, if you, uh, I've been obsessed with this new album by uh, Lauv. That would be L-A-U-V. Mm-hmm. Um is uh, it's been around for a few years now, but it, it's not like this huge pop star, right? Uh, it's this very never love... heard of him. Okay, so love makes this this sort of like hmm, chill, but also v- sometimes very catchy uh, pop music. He's got an incredible voice, and I just recommend going listen to the to the latest um, to, to the latest album um, that he put out couple of weeks ago it's on apple music it's on every streaming service it's super good it the best description that i've heard is that it feels it sounds like an album in a, in a good way from a boy band but it's made by a single person like it's got that richness that that catchiness to every tune that it's just it's it's so well done and i've been listening with sylvia on repeat for the past couple of weeks it's really really good Add it to my library. I try those trashy awesome. music recommendations. Yeah, you're gonna like it. I think you're gonna like it. In terms of uh, like, speaking of music, I got a couple of websites to recommend. The first one is obvious. I mean, Pitchfork. Uh, the you know, it's an institution in terms of music news and and long. If you want to read reviews that are incredibly critical of every type of music, <laughs> oh boy, do are... I have the. <laughs> <laughs> like go catch up with the Pitchfork archive right now. They have a newsletter that they send every day with some uh, like they help you catch up with the archive because this website's this website goes like back twenty years, right? Uh, possibly even more. And Pitchfork is also a festival. Like it's a whole thing. It's a whole deal. It's a, it's a big. Do you deal remember those in terms of- festivals? Uh, that was a nice yeah. time. Remember on, when man. people could get together? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was thinking about this the other day, actually. Like, remember uh-huh. when we could walk outside and meet uh-huh. people? Um, but yeah, they have uh, an an amazing archive back catalog of deep, critical, 
music reviews, which I sometimes disagree with, but even when I do, it's good to read somebody's opinion written with such, you know, quality and style. And the other website, which is my go-to music website made by good friend uh, Jason Tate, um, Chorus FM. So uh, Chorus is used to be many, many years ago, if you're my age, you may remember the Absolute Punk uh, forums on the internet back in the, you know, when we're all, we were all into punk rock and emo. Um, I was one of those people. This website used to be called Absolute Punk. Now it's called Chorus FM. They do daily mm, linked posts like they talk about all kinds of news in the in the music industry they link to videos and concert dates but it's also very much um a website where you can find reviews like deep long form music reviews and Jason's uh weekly recap of everything going on in his life and the chorus website and the music industry he's got this column called uh liner notes uh which comes out every friday you can read it on the website i'm a supporter they have a membership program but you can also get it in your inbox as a free newsletter every friday so it's very well done and it's it's a it's a perfect mix of like the personal angle and like it's it's also a music newsletter so yeah you know i've been subscribed for a I don't know how many years at this point. So, uh, Chorus FM, really good website, especially if you want to stay on top of like new videos and new singles and new albums. TV, uh, we now's a great time to watch TV. Now's a great time to watch something light and fun and that can be a distraction. <laughs> and my two recommendations would be Shit's Creek the best. and Superstore. Shit's Creek is amazing. Shit's Creek is the oh best. Oh my god. Shit's Creek is the best TV comedy in years. Not just because it's I completely not just because agree. it's fun and like the jokes crack me up and all that, but it's the love and and the characters and the relationship portrayals in this show are some of the best I've seen in any television show. The way that love and and friendships are described in this show and are portrayed in this show are just so well done. The use of swearing in this show is one of the funniest uses mm -hmm. of swearing that I've ever come across. Like, yeah. whenever curse words are used, they are used the way that normal people use curse words. Mm -hmm. Like, you'll get what I mean when you watch it, but it's it, they're always hilarious because they're so unexpected because it's not where you usually see this stuff in in uh, TV show in TV shows, and it's mm -hmm. very seldom used, but it's used to great effect. But like. Yeah. It's this show is absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's it's wrapping up now. I believe there's only uh, three episodes left uh, in yeah. the final season. We're just about to stop the final season. Start the final okay. season, I should say. Yeah, it's it's also very good. Sylvia and I are fully caught up and waiting for the final episodes. Uh, it's a great time to catch up on the show if you haven't seen it it's really really good and just heartwarming and fun it's it's a lovely it's a lovely tv show uh, the other one superstore so initially uh, when you start watching superstore so it's a sitcom uh that takes place inside uh a mall it's a it's a workplace sitcom right and you start watching it and you think oh this is just a copycat of the office in fact the creator of superstore used to work on the office um, before 
and it sort of starts like that so you can see like some of the parallels between certain characters of like oh okay so in super sword this character is the you know it's the dwight from the office or this other character is jim from the office that kind of um you can see that kind of structure but as the show goes on it and this happens very quickly even in the first season it takes on its own personality and also the way that this show deals with issues and topics like uh you know uh, sexuality or marriage or you know um divorced couples or immigration in the united states even like there are some episodes where you will cry uh like for real it's a it's a well, really... i cried a lot at the office so that makes yeah, sense but like there are some episodes here on superstore that are actually kind of heavy uh there's an article from vox if uh, mike or steven can find it and put it in the show notes i believe its title was how superstore got super good which is basically everything that i just said it starts cool. out like an office copycat and then it becomes so much more really good really recommended and finally in terms of video games uh everything that mike just said about animal crossing <laughs> also like i subscribe to that it's you know it's super chill and relaxing and lovely game if you're into something else, and if you're like me and you like competition, of course, I am under contractual obligation to mention Pokemon Sword and online competitive play. And if you're into that, you should subscribe to two different YouTube channels. One is Wolfie VGC and the other is Cybertron VGC. Uh, Wolfie, is, Wolfie Glick is the 2016 world champion of Pokemon and he does an excellent job in explaining what it means to do competitive Pokemon play online with other people. He's also like this generally fun and lovely individual that it's like is is a fun guy he's got a twitch uh, channel also going you it, it, i've learned a lot from from wolfie over the past couple of months and cybertron vgc so is made by aaron zeng is one of the official commentators for official pokemon competitions from the pokemon company um he also has his own personal youtube channel uh he, he has this really really excellent um uh explanation style in that when he plays online with other people he actually explains the strategy and the thinking because competitive pokemon play can be a really deep game it's like a combination of chess and poker rolled into one it requires a lot of knowledge and a lot of patience to get going so if you're on lockdown uh now's a great time to start learning something new and if you love pokemon boy do they have the content for you so uh yeah uh competitive pokemon and youtube channels it's a thing and you should look into it also, some people from the chat room want me to review anime. Unfortunately, I haven't watched any anime in years. I apologize. Now's the I, time to start. Not me. You know what? So I really, really want to get back into One Piece. Uh, not in the sense that I'm now in multiple pieces. One Piece, the <laughs> manga. <laughs> One Piece, the manga, and the anime. <laughs> I know that phrasing. Are you talking uh, about was, swimsuits again? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 got a sea setting, so kind of play. Uh, no, One Piece. Uh, I used to read the manga years ago. I stopped. Ooh, uh, in two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, maybe. Uh, I'm way behind 
on One Piece. You got time. Like, way behind. But also <laughs> got plenty of time, especially if the lockdown is going to last until next month. So maybe now's a good time to watch One Piece again. So thank you, chat room. Right, I got a couple. You said it's the perfect time to watch something light and fun. I would recommend it's time to catch up on Better Call Saul, the prequel to Breaking Bad. Never saw any of this show. Of Breaking Bad? No, what Breaking Bad, I watched all of it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Better Call Saul, I didn't. It is extremely slow moving in places, and you just have to understand that. That it is an extremely slow mm. television show, but it is fantastic. They're in their next to last season now. Like currently, I watched the the most recent episode last night. Uh, really fantastic exploration of that world that they created for Breaking Bad. So, and with that, of course, uh, El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie, which happens after Breaking Bad, also very good. Not light, not funny, but fantastic <laughs> yeah. television. Allow me to bring things down yeah. for a minute. <laughs> it's about a guy who cooks math. I would also point people, Federico and I and John Voorhees have been enjoying this a lot, as is Jason Snell. Uh, ben Gibbard, most famously of Death Cab for Cutie, but also the Postal Service and a bunch of other projects, mm-hmm. has been doing daily uh, live streams on YouTube, and he is playing songs suggested by the audience and he's done it now for a week i think and i haven't missed a set they're all really fantastic so if you're into that sort of music it is uh really nice to uh to get a little bit of that he did a bunch of stuff for my uh, favorite album plans the other uh yesterday which was which is fun so and i would say that you know we have a lot of good recommendations here but i would encourage people not just to consume content it is really nice to like chill out and take a break but like that guitar that's in your closet that you haven't played since high school or the knitting that you said you were going to learn or like we all have those things like now's a good time to learn something new we have the entire internet who can help us with uh uh, with learning things and so i'm looking for those things i got a a couple uh things that i want to do and so i would encourage you to find something uh new to learn or something to make and i think that could be uh, a nice a nice way to spend some time as well. That's very true. Great advice. Yes. Yeah, I, I feel like I want to do something, but I don't know what it is. Like, I started zeroing in on a bunch of hobbies but before all this happened, but they all required me to be outside of my house. Yeah. Mm. So I need to... That's the trick. <laughs> need to spend some rethinking on that a little bit. Uh, but, but you know, it could be as easy as like drawing or like, it's, a, I mean, something you could do with what yeah. you have. Of course, that's, that's a limiting factor, right? If you want to take a rock climbing class, too bad. What you can but, do. Yeah. But, um, but right now, all of my time is taken up by Animal Crossing that I'm not, when I'm not working. So like, yeah. I'll think about that later on. I've got my hobby. My hobby is tending to my island. Well, I think that's totally fine. So. I think it's totally fine. Like I'm, oh yeah, you I'm, know, not, I encourage I'm not saying video it's not. I know you're not. I know you're not. I know you're not. But like, I encourage video games as like a great hobby to have right now. Yeah, because as well, there are a lot of great video games out right now. Uh, mm-hmm. People are excited about Half Life Alex, which is the yes. VR Half Life game. Uh, I won't be playing this because I scare too easily in VR. So I really want to play mm-hmm. it, but Half Life will scare the bejesus out of me. You got mm-hmm. nightmares a bit, but I really would like to play it. I'm, no criticism. Like this is just like a personal thing, right? They should have made this game. Why not? And like I, I know there are people that are loving it. But I've spoken to some friends that have played it and they confirm my suspicions that like it is jumpy and that mm-hmm. means I don't want it. But uh, cool. If you want to find show notes this week to the stories we spoke about and all of these content recommendations, we're putting all those in the show notes as well. Head on over to relay.fm slash connected slash 287. 
Uh, while you're there, you can send us an email with feedback or follow-up. You can become a member to support the show directly, or you can find us all on Twitter. Mike is there as I-M-Y-K-E, and then Mike, of course, is the host of a bunch of shows here on Relay FM. I just finished listening to the new episode of The Test Drivers, where you guys tried out the Essential Phone from 2017. Great episode. I really enjoyed it. And uh, thank you. I kind of want an essential phone. <laughs> it's a great phone. You can get them super cheap on like eBay and stuff. And I recommend getting one if you can. I got mine for like 150 pounds. I don't know who would collect antique electronics. That's that's funny. Yeah. You can also find Federico online as Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. Federico, I saw you and John tweeting that the 10th anniversary of the shipping date of the iPad is coming up, and I think you all have some big plans for that. So when when is that? Next week. Next week? Next week. Next Next week? week? Yeah. By the end of the week, uh, it'll be uh, April 3rd. So we planned a series of things. Uh, starting next week. So it's going to be Amazing. pretty busy. At Can't wait. Next week. Yeah. Can't wait. You can find me on Twitter as ISMH, and you can find my work at 512pixels.net and also a bunch of shows here on Relay. Go vote in Mac Madness, round three, the quarterfinals, if you have not. Uh, those are open through Friday, and then we will have our... Yeah, the, the last two votes is coming up coming up quick. So we will have a winner by the end of, of next week. So that'll be... Um, Get ready for your heart to be broken. Yeah, <laughs> someone's going to be sad. Everyone's uh-huh. <laughs> I'd like to thank our sponsors this week. Pingdom, Smile, Hover, and Mac Weldon. Until next time, gentlemen, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Goodbye, everybody. Wash your hands. Stay safe. Stay at home. Adios. <laughs> I don't know. Wash your hands.